Welcome to the Lone Star Keto Podcast. I'm your host, Amber. My vision for this podcast is to showcase experts in the keto carnivore community, as well as those who have compelling stories that inspire and give others hope. My wish is that no one has to suffer like I did. If you find value in this podcast, please consider subscribing and hitting that notification button. And as always, feel free to share. Thank you so much for your support. I'm Amber and welcome to the Lone Star Keto Podcast and today we have Bronson Dant with us and we're going to be talking about the process of change. Welcome Bronson. Hey thanks for having me appreciate it it's always fun. Absolutely Uh, Bronson is uh, I just happened to stumble across him and I just loved his Instagram he's got some fabulous stuff out there so I'm going to have all this information so be sure to check him out and I'll remind you later in the in the podcast too but hey while you're here why don't you subscribe to my channel and hit the notification so you won't miss anything so Bronson tell us Give us a little bit of background. I know you've been on before, but uh, just go over real quick what you do and where your passion comes from. Okay. So I am a health and fitness coach. I do personal training. Um, I do online training, online coaching, Um, but my focus really is uh, on working with other people like me, right? So I'm a guy, I'm almost 50 years old. Uh, I didn't get started I didn't realize my brain didn't explode one day and go, oh, crap, you're out of shape and you need to fix that until I was almost 40, right? So that process for me was a, uh, we talked about it a little earlier, it was more than just, I need to start working out. It was more than just nutrition. It was mostly a mindset shift um, and realizing that not only was I not who I thought I was, but I could be who I wanted to be and realizing that it's going to take some time. Um, I need some help. I can't do it on my own. I think that's a big piece that a lot of people people miss, right? They try to do it all on their own and they don't ask for help um, because it's supposed to be just easy, right? Just work out and eat less. That's all you got to do. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> eat less, move simple. more. That's, right? It, it's simple. It's no, it's, yeah. That's so easy, which Duh. is why it works for so many people. Moderation um, too, don't forget. Yes, everything in moderation. Yes, yes. Anywho... Um, <laughs> So going through a lot of that process and learning, being open to learning and realizing that the stuff that I thought I knew, the stuff that I had been doing that wasn't working, like all the things that I had been doing really were not just, not just helping me, but were hurting me in some ways, um, has kind of just lit a fire, right? I've got a passion of, of helping people. I've owned a CrossFit gym. Um, I've, I've been a personal trainer now for years. Um, and I just really want to help guys, um, particularly guys that are in that, you know, almost 40, over 40, 50, whatever, um, who are like, I'm stuck. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I need help, right? I'm not happy. Um, and all the different things that that affects in their life, um, uh, depression, setting an example for their kids, relationship with their significant other, performance on the job, ability to take part in life like all of those things, um, that's kind of where my passion is in helping people get beyond that. Yeah, and I think it's so important, and we really don't think about this enough, that it's not just one piece of the puzzle, it's the whole puzzle. And if you have one thing out of whack, it's going to mess with the other things as well. So you can have, for me, for instance, my diet is dialed in, and I've got a lot of the other stuff dialed in. And so far, I'm struggling with stress, 
and the fitness part because I just can't get my butt motivated enough to go do it as we talked. And I know how good it is. And I preach that it's good, but uh, I kind of fall short of that. So yeah, absolutely. I love your philosophy with that. And I do think it's so incredibly important. And I'm talking to more and more people who believe the same thing that I think we're now really starting to understand that it's not just you go and work out in the gym for, you know, 50 hours a week and just, you know, eat your little salad. No, it's, it's not that. It's not that. And it's not just any workout too, right? There's specific things that work and there's other things that don't work. Right. So it just like nutrition, right? There's, and we talked about this on our last podcast, right? It's, I just love the synergy of how all this stuff works, right? Because when we talk about nutrition, what works for you today may not work for you a week from now or two years from now, right? When it comes to fitness, what works for you today may not work for you six months or two years from now, right? For someone who's never done anything, going for a walk for a mile a day is going to have benefit. Mm-hmm. After a couple of months of that, it may be a couple of weeks, they're going to say, hey, this isn't doing anything for me anymore. I need to change it, right? Just like nutrition, doing one thing, you're going to need to change it. You need to take it to the next level. And that's kind of what we're talking about with, I think, where we're going to end up with the topic of what we're talking about today in the process of change, right? Because you change and as you change, as you get better, improve, get more skilled, get in better shape, improve your health, the things you're doing to maintain and improve have to change with it. Absolutely. Okay. Before we get heavy duty into that, let's just say that, and this is what I did, spend Mm -hmm. two to five hours a day in the gym, at least six days a week, sometimes seven and extremely obsessed about, and I did everything, lots of cardio, but I also did a lot of weights too. So it wasn't like I was just doing one thing. I was doing everything that you're supposed to do or whatever. Well, how much more could I possibly do? How much more could I possibly adapt? How much more did I have to keep, you know, adding to, adding to, because after a while with me, and of course, you know, I did have a disorder, so I'll admit that, but there comes a point where you're like, I can't do anymore. This is too much. I mean, seriously, I have, you know, a job, you have kids, you have, you know, all this stuff going on. You cannot spend five hours a day in the gym and then increase it over your lifetime to where you're spending your 24 hours a day in the gym. Right. How do you deal with that? Because like you said, there is this adaptive thing and you do have to kind of change. So I mean, how do you deal with that? I'm just curious because Mm -hmm. that's one thing that always frustrates me is that you, you know, that you're going to keep having to increase it to the the challenge. Isn't necessarily, how do I increase it? It's how do I continually update my goals, right? Because it's not about the quantity of how much you're working about. It's what you're working out for. Okay. So for someone who is just getting started, if their goal is I'm going to work out in such a way that it's going to help me lose 15% body fat, right? Whatever they're doing at that point, and if they get to that 50% body fat, they're great. That's great. Now, if they never, if they're they're at 15% and they they that's where they want to be, then they can go into a maintenance level of exercise. They're maintaining now. They don't have to do as much. They don't have to do more. They're maintaining where they're at. They're happy. They're content. That's cool. If they have other goals, and this is where the longevity and sustainability of fitness programs come into play. Your fitness programs should tie into your goals, but they should also provide enough variety to keep you interested, right? So if you're doing the same thing all the time, 
and you're like, the only way I know to change this is by doing more than ask for help from someone who can give you something different to do, right? It's one of the reasons why CrossFit is such an amazing program, mm -hmm. right? As a methodology of exercise, because it literally incorporates every single modality, exercise, um, training method, like it's everything and you can do anything that you want to do. And it, it branches off into other areas. So let's say um, I'm just getting in shape. I want to get started. I do my, my basic classes. I go in and I learn how to, to lift weights with barbells. I learn how to do body weight stuff. I learn some basic body weight gymnastic movements. I learn some um, kettlebell stuff, right? And I'm exposed to all of these things. And just the exposure is helping me improve my fitness. From there, as I get to a higher level of fitness, a higher level of performance, if I want to focus more on kettlebells for a while, I can do that because I know them well enough. I can now specialize a little in that one area. It's going to keep me interested, provide a challenge, and I'm going to get better at certain things. Let's say I do that for six months a year, right? Okay, I'm kind of tired of kettlebells now. Let's go into learn more about powerlifting, right? There's a whole different aspect of fitness and more and different progressions and different challenges and different goals. So it's not just about, and then there's gymnastics and, and uh, plyometrics and uh, Olympic lifting and strongman. I mean, there's so many different areas, right? Swimming, running, biking. Uh, you can go on and on and on about all the different areas of something that you can set a goal for that is fitness and performance related. And that doesn't even get into how does that affect your body composition and other health issues. So I think it's more about variety mm. than it is about quantity. And that's what I was just about to ask you. It sounds more yeah. like a variety thing, which yeah. like when I was doing it, I did a variety. I did a yeah. bunch of stuff, but uh, yeah, I just felt like I had to keep doing more, you know, eat less. Sure. More. Well, so I kept doing, you know, less eating, more moving, because if I right. altered this and stopped doing either one of them, I would start packing on the pounds quickly. Right. And that's, and that's, I think the, the guiding factor for all of it, no matter how you decide to do your fitness or nutrition as well, um, because either can go off track really easily, easily, right? When it comes to fitness, we have the mentality of if you eat less, then you're, you're doing better. And we have a, a mentality on working out. If you work out more, you're doing better, mm -hmm. right? So if you don't bound those and put them in a box that says goal on the side of it, then you're not going to be able to control what that, what that is, right? Because it's not about quantity, less or more. It's about what are you doing? And you've heard me say this before, what are you doing? And is it going to help you reach your goal? That is the overriding factor for all of it. Absolutely. Okay, so let's go ahead and start talking about the process of change. This Yay. is a big thing for you. Yes. And let, let's start with fitness. So okay. what is the process of change within fitness? It's, there's a couple different layers, but basically it is with anything, right? Uh, when you start something new, you don't know anything, right? I don't know how to do this exercise. I don't know how to work out. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what a program is. I don't know what uh, an AMRAP is or a Metcon, I, all these phrases and acronyms. And I don't understand any of these things, right? What's a set? What's a rep, right? I have no idea. Um, so as you educate yourself, as you get more knowledgeable about something, and then as your body starts getting into things, you start using your body and learning how to do things. You want to make sure that your progression matches your ability, right? So you don't want to try and do something that you have no, that you have no reasonable expectation of being able to do. 
right? And that goes from a weight perspective, a skill perspective, a complexity of a movement perspective, um, and all of those sorts of things. I see it all the time in two things. One, uh, in two kind of the same thing, but different levels. One is the beginner who comes into a program um, and they think they know because they've done in the past, right? But it's been 30 years, okay? <laughs> um, or 20 years and you're working with them and they're like, I got this. And you watch what they're doing. And you're like, no, you don't have this. Let's pull you back for a second. And we need to retrain, like there's a retraining process. So being aware and honest with yourself, it doesn't matter what you did in high school. doesn't matter what you did in college, right? You're 40 years now, you're 45, you're 50 years old. It's been 15, 10, 20 years, five years since you did anything, whatever. Um, You're working with a coach, you're working with a personal trainer, you're working and following a program so that you can get the guidance. So take the guidance, right? If they say you're not ready for that and you need to do this instead. That's probably what you should be doing. Um, and I often see someone who used to do something in the past come in and say, hey, I want to do this advanced program right out the gate. And it's like, you know, you're not ready for that advanced program. you got to start at the beginning. And that's really the basis of the, the progression, right? The, the, the process of change. Um, you have to accept where you are, start small and work your way up to the big things. I think in an email I sent you, I use the analogy in Anybody that's listened to me has heard me say this before. It's like juggling, right? If you're learning how to juggle, you come to me and say, hey, I need to learn how to juggle. And I say, okay, great. I'm not going to hand you three chainsaws on your first lesson, right? I'm going to give you one ball and I'm going to say, now toss it up and down until you can do that in both hands with no problem, right? When you get that down and then I'm going to say, now toss it back and forth between both hands until you can do that, no problem. And then I'm going to give you two balls and have you figure that out, like, there's a stepping stone. There's a process that you have to go. Um, the dangerous part, and this is where guidance and coaching comes into play, is as you progress, there is a balance between the intensity that you're working and the skill that you're requiring your body to perform, right? The effort, the, the, the ability of your body to perform a movement or, or execute an, uh, an exercise. Um, there is a fine line where they go up not at the same time, but they alternate essentially, right? So I may start here. My skill is here. I'm going to give a little bit of intensity and then maintain that intensity until my skill catches up, right? Once my skill catches up, I'm going to increase intensity a little bit. And then I'm going to keep practicing until my skill catches up. That's how we get better, right? If you push this intensity up a little bit too much and your skill isn't close enough in that little window of, of breaking something, right? Then that's where you get a problem. And that's where most people get injured, right? Is then that initial learning phase, I'm just getting started with fitness. I went too hard. My body wasn't ready to handle it. And I didn't know that. So I got hurt. Or they just give up because- Or they just give up, right? It it becomes too hard and it's too frustrating. Yeah. I'm sore all the time. I don't understand how this is helping me. You know, just whatever it is. Yeah. I can't get out of bed today. Well, you probably went too hard, you know, Um, that type of stuff. Yeah, definitely. So what, give us an example, like if a guy in his forties came in Mm -hmm. and say he was a football player and he says he, 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 at once upon a time, high school, he was like the, you know, MVP, whatever. And he (laughs) was quarterback. Yeah. And he was Al Bundy (laughs) walked into my, walked into my gym. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, Where would they start? What what would you do with them? 
basically, I mean, for, as a coach, right. The first thing is an evaluation. How do they move? Where are they at with different, different exercises with their movement? Um, when it comes to fitness, you know, we start with movement, right? Um, can you move your body with, with the least amount of stress as possible? So no weights, no equipment, just can you put your arm over your head? How do you, you know, if you sit on a chair, if you want to do a lunge or, or bend over and pick something up, like, can you move your body? Can you control your body? The base, the, 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 the result of that kind of evaluation then gives me an indication of what types of things can they do under weight? What types of things should they not do under weight? Do they have any issues or um, imbalances in how they move that need to be fixed before we start loading them up? Right. The most common the most common way to increase intensity is by adding weight to a movement. So that is kind of where the biggest, the biggest thing is, you know, if I, if this person can't squat properly with no weight, then they shouldn't be doing it with weight. Right. Um, and that is a hard thing uh, for many people to get, but particularly it's a guy thing, right? We, we have this pride thing stuck in our head, right? We see yeah. we're in a gym. We see other guys over there with all these plates on the bar and we want to squat we're like, Oh yeah, I can do that. You know, whatever. <laughs> it, we always get hurt. It happens every single time. So there is a check your ego at the door policy. This isn't about how much weight this is about you getting out. And that's another mindset issue that I had to work with. Right. It's not about what I can do right now. It's about what will I be able to do 20 years from now, right? Because if I'm trying to kill it and crush it and go to that higher level when I'm not ready for it, then I'm 48 now. When I'm 58, 68, 78, I'm going to be that guy in a wheelchair. And the whole reason I'm doing this is so that that's not me, right? So it's, it's the antithesis of why you're doing it in the first place. Take your time. There's no rush. I love that philosophy. I think that's so important. And, and you're right. It, it is one of those ego things. And when I used to be in the gym all the time, I would see that. Oh my goodness. You didn't see with the girls. I mean, you had those ones that dressed all cute and they're all looking around like, are you watching me? You know, and I'm not sweating, but are you watching me? <laughs> but then you had those guys and they're on the machines and they pile on all these weights and they look around, make sure everybody's watching them, of course, and in sure. a different way. And then they do that grunt thing, you know, like, and there's this one guy that was so loud and all of us are like the rest of us are making eye contact like what in the heck is going what on is that? he about yeah. to give birth what you know? he might have been he might have been <laughs> it's crazy yeah it's um there's and you actually hit on something um kind of what we talked about earlier in the video um with the variety and how do you mix it up right an understanding of not only is it going to take a lot of time but there are so many aspects to fitness that we, for many reasons, we as a society completely ignore or don't even know about, don't think about when we think about fitness. Most people, when you think about getting in shape, they think about lifting weights, they think about cardio, they think about looking lean and having a six pack, mm -hmm. right? Beach body, looking good in a bathing suit. That's what people yeah. think about when they think about getting in shape. What they should be thinking about is what does getting in shape mean in my life? regardless of how I look. I know some people that are in great shape that have five, 10% more body fat than I do. I look better than them in a bathing suit. They are in way better shape than I am because their ability to do things faster, longer, heavier, more complex movements and all those types of things are, are better than mine, right? So it's not just about how you look. It's about your ability to perform. And that's what fitness is. Fitness is 
your ability to express your freedom through your physical activity. If you can't do something because you physically can't perform the movement, you don't have the energy, you can't go on a hike, you can't play with your kids, you can't rake the yard, whatever it is, you are limiting your freedom, right? And that is what we're trying to not do, right? We want to be as free as possible and do what we want to do. So yeah, the aspects of fitness, um, there are so many components to it. We're talking about strength. We're talking about flexibility. We're talking about agility, coordination. When I tell people that coordination is an aspect of fitness, they kind of look at me like, what? Like, yes, being able to pat your head and rub your belly at the same time <laughs> is a sign that you are fit. And they go, what? What are you talking about? Like, yes, coordination is the ability to tell your body to do things when you, like, I want you to do this movement. It's multiple multiple joints involved, it's multiple directions involved, right? And I still can do that. Um, balance is an aspect, um, being able to move quickly, being able to be strong, being able to be strong and quick at the same time, um, being able to have endurance, right? Cardiovascular endurance, muscular endurance. You can do things with your muscles for long periods of time. Um, like, you know, like moving a house, like if anybody's ever moved a house and walked boxes up and down stairs for a day or two days in a row, that's muscular endurance, right? Um, so all of those things play in a fitness and it all goes to being able to do things and have a high quality of life. And, you know, I think we would be so much happier as individuals and a society if we put off that pressure of having to be aesthetically perfect. Yeah. Because I think it's way too much emphasis on aesthetics. I mean, it absolutely is. I was just talking to another coach friend of mine and we were talking about this very thing. Like the, 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 this society is so enamored with looking good um, that we don't, we don't know what the lifestyle of those people are. Right. So, I mean, you know, Instagram models, when you look at what they're doing, you have to take into account a whole bunch of different things. One Photoshop is amazing. Okay. Two, for those people that maybe they're not Photoshopped, for them to look and maintain what they're doing, that is their life, right? You're worried about being able to pull 30 minutes out of your day to work out and you want to look like that, just accept the fact that it's not going to happen, okay? Your goal, if you want to get healthy, you can do that in 30 minutes a day, right? You cannot get to that level because that level is not healthy. And this is another thing. People look, the people that are at the extreme of the fitness culture, most people that are online fitness models and these and whatnot, they're not actually healthy in many ways, right? They're living their life, mm -hmm. um, living their life in the gym. They're probably overworking out, overworking. Um, they're supplementing like crazy for the most part. Um, they're doing things that are not realistic for a person who's living an everyday average normal life. Right. It's above and beyond a level of fitness. And that's not the goal that you should be having for yourself at all. That is so true. I just had a guest on uh, just release a podcast, Jennifer Luddington. She mm -hmm. was a fitness model and she talks about the cost of being perfect Absolutely. and she and maintaining that perfection. And she said she was so unhealthy mentally. Yeah physically, emotionally, she looked good on the outside, but that was the yeah. only thing that was good. Her, right. her, the rest of her life was just not right. good. Right. Yeah. 
And that's so and I know, sad. Yeah. And I know tons of bodybuilders, the bodybuilding, see the bodybuilding sport is the epitome of where I think the problem with society is when it comes to fitness, because people look at bodybuilders, those guys are so crazy fit. They are literally the most unhealthy athletes because I do think there is a level of athleticism and people say it's not a sport and I don't want to get into that, but from a fitness perspective, they are the most unfit people that I've ever worked with or know. Um, they look fantastic. They've got tons of muscle and all this kind of stuff, but they've got hormone problems. They've got mental issues. They've got eating disorders. They've got out of balance, uh, work life, you know, quality of life issues. They've, there's so many things that are out of whack with that sport. Um, people don't understand now. That doesn't mean there's anything necessarily bad because honestly, a lot of sports have a level that is beyond healthy, right? If you look at CrossFit, CrossFit athletes, I would not say that they are necessarily healthy. They are the fittest athletes in the world, but I wouldn't say that they're necessarily healthy. They've got issues too, right? Um, bikers, right? The elite level bikers, high level bikers, they are definitely not. They've got issues. Um, every sport has a level that is beyond health, right? That is amazing, fantastic displays and examples of the ability of the human body, but nothing that any of us watching this podcast need to be worried about trying to do. Yeah, you're probably right about that. <laughs> I was just gonna really worry about that myself. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and it's, we, we say that kind of laughingly, but that's the picture that when people think about getting in shape, those are the people that they think of. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. What you should be looking at is the guy on your channel or somebody other, some of the other Instagram um, accounts that are out there. The guy that is 200 pounds, 250 pounds, but he used to be 300 pounds. That's the guy that we should be looking at for what does it mean to get healthy? Hadi Dumont. Right. Yeah. You do know right? who That's, he is? Yeah. I've heard the, yeah. heard the name. Yeah. Um, yeah wait. Yeah, he, right? He's, he's I mean, awesome. Yes. He, right? he was I mean, very heavy and he's yeah. lost a bunch of weight and he power lifts, but it's not excessive. Exactly. But he's got that story of going from mm -hmm. unhealthy to healthy. Yes. yes. He's not someone who's going to get on. He's never, you know, he's not going to be on men's health magazine from a physique perspective. Right. Right. He should be on there from a, this is what health is about. And this yes. is how you can change your life perspective. I'd love to see him on men's health magazine for that. Oh right? yes. Me too. Um, but that's the story that people should be focusing on. I agree. I agree. It's not. So. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, it's, it's so very sad. Well, do you have anything else you want to talk about in the fitness realm before we move on to diet? Um, no, I think, I think, I think, yeah, I think we've covered a lot there. Um, Movement comes first, take your time, put your ego at the door, listen to your coach. Uh, it's not, it's a long, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. All the cliches you can possibly think of, um, but they're cliches for a reason because they're true. Uh, and just, you know, stick with the program, trust the process, right? It, you will get there. Do it right before you do it hard. Eventually you'll be able to do it hard. Um, take your time. Perfect. Okay, so now let's get into diet and yeah. nutrition. What is that process of change? The exact what same is, thing. All right, well, let's talk about it. <laughs> it's the exact same thing because you start, uh, well, I'll, I'll just use me as an example, as an example. Sometimes I blur my words together. As an example, I will just use my story. So 
I started the first thing that I did, and I may have talked about this with you. I don't remember the first thing that I cut out um, in my life. And I still cry about sometimes is French fries. Okay. It was literally, uh, I was like the French fry connoisseur. Like I knew everything about every French fry everywhere. And I, I had a whole ranking. Like I was this close to becoming like a fry blog guy. Like I could blog about French fries. Um, but you know, when I had this epiphany of holy crap, this is, I need to make a change. One of the things that I did, um, and I remember like I used to go eat at Red Robin every day. And because they had bottomless fries, yes, right, they're good, yeah. they're good right? Um, little salt. I don't know if you want Old Bay is put some Old Bay on there. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, I had to stop eating at front at, at Red Robin just because I knew if I went there, I would get the French fries, and I had to stop. Um, and it was a process. It took me on oh, probably almost a year. I'm thinking back now. It's been so long. I'm thinking back now. It took me almost a year to get to a point where I didn't think about French fries every time I went out to eat. Yeah. Right. And if I like ordered something and forgot, oh crap, I forgot to say no fries and it came with fries. The struggle was real. <laughs> do I eat these? Do I not eat them? They're there. They're so good. You know, it's like, oh my gosh. Right. I'm sure you've been there. Like, you know, oh, something yeah. happens, you know, like, oh my God, this is there. I could so easily have these. Um, and actually let, we're going to go back to that later. Cause I have something to relate to that. Um, okay. so just starting with that one thing until that became kind of natural, then it was, um, moving on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, the next major jump that I made was, um, going to just whole foods and not having anything processed. Right. That was kind of the next big thing. I noticed some improvements in, in fat loss, improvements in, um, fitness in general, energy, things like that, doing that. Uh, but my progression went from just cutting out French fries to basically going whole foods like paleo to going low carb. The next big epiphany and the big change that I had was, uh, cutting out alcohol, right? I cut out alcohol for three weeks. Um, and not that I drank a lot. I drank, you know, two or three, okay. Three or four glasses of whiskey a week, you know, once, you know, every other night or so I'd have a glass of whiskey. Um, but I lost like 10 pounds of pure fat in three weeks, just, just by stopping three or four glasses of whiskey a week. Right. It's like, like complete what? So that kind of got me into the low carb, cut out sugar. You know, this is, I got to figure this out. Um, and then from there it was, Hey, I heard about this carnivore thing. Let me try that. And then that is, that's all she wrote since then. So that was, that was May of 2018. So the progression, right? Not only was it just the progression of what I did, but my understanding had to match that. Right. And this is where I think a lot of people get stuck, particularly dealing with significant others and family members or close friends, not understanding why aren't they doing this? Why, you know, I'm trying to get my husband to do this with me and they're not doing it with me. Like, their understanding has to catch up to what they're seeing, right? There's a cognitive dissonance. They don't understand. They're seeing what you're doing. They think you're crazy, right? Until something clicks in them that goes, oh, I like something has to click with them, affect them. There's got to be something on their end mentally that they say, I get it, or I get part of it, or that's maybe not so weird now or whatever, 
in order for them to make that step into doing whatever it is with you. So don't push them. The more you push them, the harder that mental change is going to be, right? Just do you, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Just do you. They'll see it eventually. If they don't, you just let them do them. Um, and then things will, things will, things usually work out in the end. I don't know too many people in a relationship with family, significant other, whatever, that eventually, this goes for fitness and nutrition, right? I know dozens of guys or, or women who would come in and, you know, when I owned a gym, they come into the gym, start working out and be like, I can't get my husband to come with me. Right. And then randomly two years later, their husband or significant other comes walking in and is like, Hey, can I try a workout? And you're like, sure. No problem. You know, and like, I'm so, and so has been what you come in here for two years. You don't say that, but you know, it's like, it, it happens. You just got to let it take its, take its course. So the progression, not only the actions you're taking, but your mindset has to go with it. You have to be willing to learn about what is happening and what's the next step and be open to making the changes every single time. Right. Which is where I think people get stuck from what we talked about in our last, our last episode. Um, People make a change. It works for them. And then they just get in their mind. Okay. That's what I need to do. And then that's, that's it. That's all there is to it. Right. I'm stuck. I don't realize I'm stuck, but I'm stuck. Um, And there are things in my life that could be better if I made a change, but because the old issue went away, I feel like I'm better and I'm good. And they stop looking forward to, well, what else can I improve? There's more to it than just that, right? So always thinking about what's the next goal, what's the next improvement, what's the next thing is what keeps us moving forward. Absolutely. And I know I, I kind of did that with this last time that I attempted to try something new the yeah, la- right before I decided I was going to give up. Uh, <laughs> I, I did it kind of, uh, you know, slowly, like I, I, I didn't know about keto. I didn't know about carnivore, any of that, but I just kind of cut out things that you always hear. You should cut out, you know, your pastas, right. your bread, your potatoes, you know, those big things. And then when I found out about keto, I kind of moved more in the keto direction, but I did the the keto treats and, you know, reproducing everything that you ate that was bad in a keto way. But then by the time I, two years in the keto, I had pretty much eliminated a lot of that, the desserts, or at least not as often and like no fat bombs. And I I never had done the uh, uh, fat coffee, but, you know, I kind of whittled myself down. So when I, you know, transitioned to carnivore, it was like, no big deal really. Cause right. I had pretty much right. eliminated everything. And it was just the whole thought of what you can survive without vegetables. What? Right. Right. <laughs> I know mind blown. What? what are you talking about? Yeah. I mean the, that in and of itself was probably the most uh, illuminating thing in my life ever. Right. That we don't need to have vegetables to live. Like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. And it's funny now when I talk to people and we've talked, I'm trying not to focus on nutrition as much with, with what I do, because I think it's bigger than just nutrition. Um, but when I talk to people or people, you know, comment or, or try to argue with me on, on, you know, social media, it's like, you know, I've been where you are. I used to think the same way, right? I've tried just about every diet you can think of on some level. And this is the only one that makes sense, right? If you take all the information that you get 
especially from the fitness side, if you add in the fitness stuff, right? If you take all the information that we have on nutrition and you put things together from a standard American diet methodology or concept to a paleo, to a vegan, to a vegetarian, to a fruititarian, whatever you pick, and you put the science puzzle pieces together, the only one that creates a full picture is carnivore. The only one that creates a full picture of everything from a health perspective, performance perspective, an energy perspective. Uh, if you even take it out of the human body and talk about a biosphere and earth regeneration and, and the habitat and all that other stuff from that perspective, like everything, everything comes together and makes sense with carnivore, right? There are no questions left unanswered if you answer it with meat. Yeah, I totally agree with that, but I'm going to tell you ooh, some of the comments I get sometimes, and it's not that I'm bashing veggies. I mean, yeah. if you can handle it and you enjoy them, I, I once upon a time really enjoyed them until I realized how bad they hurt me. And now I don't want to have to feel that way ever again, knowing that I don't have to. I thought that was normal, right. but uh, people, it's not right. normal. So, you know, it's but not, it's, not. It, it's not at all. Yeah. Common is not normal. Um, doesn't have to be. And the other thing too is I think there's a disparity in understanding because social media is quick in jest, right? There's information, I got to take it. So from our perspective to get people's eyeballs on our stuff, we have to also be like blah, blah, blah with information. So people see what we say and immediately it comes off as veggies are bad, stay away from veggies, mm -hmm. they're going to kill you. Right? Right. And that's not necessarily the message. The message is you don't need them period. I'm not quantifying whether they're good or bad. I'm not quantifying whether you should have them or not. All I'm saying is here's information. You don't need them. Do with it what you will. But people don't see that. They see, stop eating veggies. You shouldn't eat veggies. They're bad. Blah, blah, blah. Well, okay. Whatever. <laughs> I eat meat. I do what I do. Have a blast. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. But do you know how many people would be so happy? Do you know how many men who would love to be meat eaters, but they've always been told meat is bad, saturated fat, heart disease, yep. blah, blah, blah. You must have your veggies, more veggies. You know how happy some of them people would be? Ooh, like my dad. <laughs> He'd All be like, them. wait, I mean, what? <laughs> it was awesome for me. Right. I mean, I had, when I, the first, I went carnivore and the first thing I did I mean, I literally in my fridge, I had sausage, I had bacon, I had hamburger. I don't mean, I had a bunch of different things. Um, and I just was like, okay, I'm going carnivore. And I just started eating whatever I had. Um, and then I went shopping and just got a bunch of steaks and meat and bacon. And I was, I think we, I had butcher box at the time. I ordered a bunch of stuff, like just got all this stuff. Um, and I was like, I'm literally like, is this really a real thing? Like I'm getting to eat steak. Every day I have bacon for breakfast and eggs every day. Like this can't be, this is, there's no way this is good for me. There's cholesterol, no way. Cholesterol, cholesterol. And that's what made me really start digging into it. Right. Because I was already, I mean, I was already into learning about nutrition, understanding nutrition um, from being in, being in the health field. Um, but then hearing this and looking into this, it was just like, I don't wait, what? you know, I need to start doing. So I was, my Google food was good for a time there, you know, cause I was getting on there and learning all kinds of stuff. Um, reading, you know, I mean, I got introduced to so many people so quickly 
um, in the space um, because there's so much good information out there. If, yes, there if anybody doesn't appreciate the passion and dedication that the carnivore, the experts in the carnivore community have for sharing information, they are missing the boat big time. Agree. A lot of quality information, a lot of quality people putting information out just for the sake of helping. Right. And that's what it's all about. So I love it. Yeah, me too. And, you know, we all make so much money doing it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, so much. <laughs> that always cracks me up that way. <laughs> it's like, trust me, it's a labor of love. Trust this is like, me. This is like volunteer work at this point, right? Come <laughs> it, it on, really there we go. <laughs> it really is. But, you know, when you have a passion for something and like for me, and you're probably in the same boat, it's like, I suffered for so long and it's because I had poor information. I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. And yep. so I don't want anybody else to have to go down, you know, 40 years before they, you know, finally see the light because they weren't given the right information. Sure, At absolutely. least put a bug in somebody's ear to where they're like, okay, that chick's nuts, but right. I'm just going to check this out because yeah, she's crazy. And then they start, you know, learning a little bit more. And if, if that, does even that you know it's it's all worth it to me absolutely absolutely you know, so yep you can believe it you cannot believe it you can do it you cannot do it but you know yeah. if, if you're not exposed to it and do we need to even go into censoring <laughs> you know of information goodness gracious yeah happening all around you know that's just uh, so sad that opens up a whole nother oh i'm telling yeah. you can of worms okay so our uh have we finished our nutrition discussion are we ready i don't to know did you have any other questions or thoughts or like, I think that's pretty good. We kind of okay. hit a lot on nutrition, I think last time. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Okay. So how do you apply the process of change to relationships? Because let's face it, relationships are so incredibly important yeah. to your health. So yeah. it matters too. Yeah. So what's your take on that? I think it's, um, I, again, it's very, it's the same, same process where you start somewhere and you work um, to it. I think the difference being in a relationship, it's, it's multi-layered because it's the actions in the relationship and the mentality of the relationship and the communication relationship between two people, not between one person and in, in themselves, right? When it's nutrition or fitness, you're having your communication, your thought process, and you're doing all that stuff back and forth in your own head, right? When you're doing it with someone else, right? What is the goal of that relationship? Where is that relationship going? And it doesn't have to be a uh, an amorous or a love relationship. It could be friends. It could be relatives. It could be whatever. Um, I think the one thing that we tend to not do in our relationships that we do in every other aspect of our lives is set a goal. Why am I in this relationship? What is the goal? What is the purpose of this relationship? What does this relationship fulfill for me? And what do, am I fulfilling in this relationship for the other person? Right. And then build your actions, build your thought, build your communication around that. Right. We have to be as deliberate in our relationships as we are in other aspects of our lives. And most often we just take our relationships as for granted and they just kind of are what they are. And we just go about and do whatever we do. We don't have to think about the impact we're having on someone else or what that relationship's impact is on our lives. So I think that is the process there is getting to a point individually where we can evaluate our relationships, but then also getting to a point in our relationships where we can take them somewhere 
meaningful and not just exist in the relationship. I never really thought about it that way. You're right. Uh, yeah. But that's, that's, that's pretty deep. That's kind of good. I like that. <laughs> hmm, I'm gonna have to think about that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a huge one. And it's, 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 a, I mean, it's something that I think I'm, I'm still working on and practicing. Um, but it's definitely a lesson that I've learned over, over my 48 years. Um, and can be super, super, super enlightening um, because it forces communication on a level that most people don't have. Most people don't have a conversation. Like when was the last time you talked to your best friend, your spouse, your significant other, your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your son, your daughter, and said, hey, what are we doing and how can we make our relationship better? Simple conversation like that. I haven't done it enough. Um, you know, I don't know most people that have, but it's definitely something I'm working on. Yeah, uh, I think if more people did think of it that way, the better off we'd all be, honestly. Yeah. And as a society, I mean, like what we're seeing going on right now, it's like, oh, if you, you know, and I'm one of these people, I love people. Please yeah. don't give me a reason to dislike you because it's, it's hard to, to make me dislike you. And I, and I don't like being there because to me, I, I just, I pretty much love everybody and sometimes to my detriment, but you know, I, I, I'm just like, why, why, why you gotta do that? Why you gotta be like that? Why, you know? <laughs> and it's like, just a, a relationship is so important. And yeah. I, I, everything we, is designed, everything in the world. Okay. Everything, every natural thing in the world is designed to grow. When it stops growing, it dies. Mm. That's the same with relationships. Oh, God. <laughs> that just almost makes me cry right there. Right? Oh, wow. I had the this same group thing. of friends, um, very, very, very close. And they were there like uh, some, we, we went through a lot of stuff together. And we've kind of grown apart. Mm -hmm. And oh, the, the dying part, that's kind of the way I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's, it's the unfortunate truth. And that, that doesn't mean it's always a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's okay for some of your relationships. You know, like I, I would bet that most people have a handful of relationships in their lives that they need to let die. True. Right. <laughs> I would, I bet that oh, most yeah. people have those. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, that's a huge one. And I'm really glad that you brought that into the conversation earlier, mm -hmm. because I would have never looked at it that way, really. I mean, right. I know it's important, but I never looked at it quite the same. Yeah, because it goes to the same, right? We talk about fitness, we talk about nutrition, we talk about mindset. Um, relationships plays a big piece in mindset um, and bleeds into your habits and your ability to maintain and sustain fitness and nutrition things. So just like everything else, your relationships, you have to look at and ask the question, is this helping me reach my goal or not? Everything always comes back to that question and then evaluate from there. Just out of curiosity, like what kind of a goal would you have in a relationship? Like pick something and, and kind of show how you use a goal to make that relationship better. Um, wow. That's a good question. I think because there's so many different ways you can look at that, right. Depending uh -huh. on the person and like whatever else, I think, Pick um, an example. yeah, for, uh, let's just say my parents, right. Okay. I, I want to be able to, um, 
be there for them, support them and help them be successful in where they're going as they get closer to their retirement, right? So my goal is to do what I can to make myself available to them when they need me, right? Mm -hmm. My mom's got things going on. My dad's got things going on. If they call, because it's not something I've been good at in the past, right? If they call, hey, we need help with this, or can you, can you come over and do this or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. I will make time and do that. So for me to enrich our relationship, I've made the goal to make sure that I am available to them when they need me. I like that. So that, that I guess could be one example. That's awesome. I love that one. Okay. So let's switch it up a little bit and let's talk about lifestyle and the process mm-hmm. of change with that. And when you're talking lifestyle, what do you mean by lifestyle? Okay. So lifestyle is, so I'm going to take this, maybe twist it just a little bit and take it maybe in a slightly different direction and not necessarily the process of change, but the effect of change. Okay. Okay. So the effect of change on your lifestyle, your quality of life, the things that you're doing changes as you progress. Okay. So when you first get started, um, if you think about it as you've got a bucket of water and you've got two cups, okay. And you, the sizes of your cups are different when you start versus as you progress. So at every, you know, every so often your the sizes of your cups change. I got one cup over here. I got another cup over here. One cup is the amount of effort it's taking you and the things that you have to do to stay on track and get as close to optimal. And I'm being very careful with my, op- with my words here, optimal health as possible. And the other one is all the other things that I want to do in life. Let's just call it that for now, right? This is still a concept that I'm trying to, I'm trying to put into words and describe. I can give you pictures that might make, make it a little easier, but for now we'll use cups. So I've got one bucket. This is my life and this is my life energy. I can pour it into doing things to keep on track, right? To get to optimal health, or I can put it into all the other things that I want to do in life. Okay. When you're first making the change and you're making changes in habits and you're trying to build a lifestyle that's going to get you as close to optimal as possible, this optimal cup is bigger. The things that I want to do in life has to be small. It has to be small. The bigger this cup is, the smaller this cup is. They're quantum tied, right? It's a quantum quantum mechanics here, right? If this one gets big, this one automatically gets small. You can only have a certain amount because you've only got a certain amount of life energy put into the cups. So when you first get started, you need to put more time and more energy and more effort and be more deliberate about what you're doing at the beginning. As you get closer to your goal and optimal health, that cup can get smaller because it doesn't take as much effort and energy to maintain, right? Maintenance energy is lower than change energy. So if I'm changing, I need more effort. Once I get to where I wanna be, it takes less effort to maintain. I can take the leftover, that difference can now go into the things I wanna do in life, right? Too often, people try to go back and forth at the same time as progress. Right. You know, I'm just getting started on this diet. I'm just getting started on keto or carnivore. I just started a fitness program. Can I have a cheat day every Saturday? No, you can't. Right. Now that doesn't mean that's a flat no for everybody. Yeah. I mean, there are some, there are some people who may need that to be able to sustain long-term change, but if they're doing that 
as a, a mechanism to cheat the system, that's a whole different aspect of I have an eating disorder. I have something else that I'm trying to work through and this helps me maintain, right? There's a different mindset there. Cheats and hacks and all those types of things are not what it's about. Like you said, keto snacks, replacing um, bad food with the word keto does not mean you're changing anything. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Still bad food. <laughs> um, so you've got to, I've, I've said this before. And uh, when I talk to clients, and I talk to people about what happens when you get there. I, I'm at a point in my life, I'm about as optimally healthy as I think I can get at 48 years old. Okay. My nutrient levels are good. My blood, my blood work is always good. I'm at 10% body fat. I'm physically able to do just about anything I could possibly want to do. Okay. I don't have an energy issue problem. I'm, my moods are good. My hormone, like everything is fantastic. I feel great. If I want to have a cup of ice cream, eat a cake, go out and drink or do any of these things, I have the flexibility to do that because I've got a much bigger bucket of lifestyle that I can pull from as opposed to staying on track. The energy that I can put into those other things isn't going to set me off. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. my ability to deviate from the plan mm -hmm. increases because I've reached optimal health. So understanding that process, I think helps people in the change process when it comes to lifestyle, because you, you have to accept the fact at the beginning that there are going to be a, there, there needs to be a change in priority in your life. If you really are trying to make this transition to optimal health right? You can't have both at the same time and expect to see results. You've got to push, you know, you can't serve two masters. You got to pick one, one or the other. Am I, you know, which dog am I feeding today? Am I feeding the lifestyle fun, go out and drink and eat dog, or am I feeding the uh, quality lifestyle and quality of life? I would say are two different things. We can call them two different things. Am I, or am I feeding the quality of life dog who says, stop eating the cake and ice cream and beer and whatnot, and go work out, right? Which, which one's going to get me there faster? Which one's going to help me get to my goal? Which one's not? Absolutely. So, there's that little <laughs> ramble. I like that. I hope that made sense. It was, it I have does. a picture in my head. And maybe I'll send you the a graphic once I design some kind of graphic. Oh, that would be perfect. Like yeah. yeah. I kind of have a graphic in mind. I'm like, I may steal your idea and give you credit for it and make my Go for it. graphic. Babe, you do the graphic. I'll just, I'll just share it. That works for me. I love it. So that works really well. Um, okay. So could you sum up just one more time in, in yeah. the most basic words, process of change, just that, that would apply yeah. to the whole all, thing, all the whole everything we discussed. Yes. Yeah. Understand that it's going to take time. Start small set real expectations, have a goal, get help, and communicate with yourself and those around you. Perfect. I think, those, I think all of that kind of combined can, can kind of sum up what we've talked about today. I like that a lot. Okay, so go ahead and talk a little bit about your Apex training system. Okay. Give yourself a little plug. Yeah, get to talk about me. Right. Um, so 
I do, I do a few things. So I'm located in the Baltimore, Maryland area. If anybody listening is in the Baltimore, Maryland area, come see me. I'm in Columbia. I do personal training um, out of the gym in Columbia. Uh, I also have a, an automated online eight week. Basically, it's a keto carnivore crash course. So it's all automated. So you sign up for it and you get emails a couple times a week that has information, homework, worksheets, like just how to walk you through how to start carnivore. Uh, and then I also do online coaching for carnivore coaching. So if you have any issues or questions, we can talk and work on that one. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. I'm on Instagram. I think you, you'll probably post all my stuff, but at Bronson Dance 72. Uh, if you want to see me on Instagram, I've got a Facebook page. I do write a lot of blogs. I don't know if you've ever linked to, to those um, on my website, which is apxts.com. Uh, and will. I've got a YouTube channel. I do a ton of videos and stuff, which I really wish YouTube had the opportunity. You could share YouTube videos from one channel to the next, right? Like you're going to post this video on your YouTube channel. It'd be awesome if I could post it on mine and it like share. Yeah, this. that would be kind of cool. Yeah. But, but well, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how you can exactly do that, but I, I don't know if you can, I, I'll just I, post I, it in my blog or something, but there you go. <laughs> that so, yeah, so that's, so that's what I do. And again, I focus, I focus on working with, I'll work with anybody, but I really focus. My passion is for working with guys over 40 um, because that's me. I've been there. I've lived it. I've been fat. I've been fit. Fit is way better and I can help you get there. Perfect. Love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Bronson, for, for coming on the show again. I, I just love your message and I, I love your content. Y'all for, for sure. sure follow Bronson. And while you're here, don't forget to subscribe, hit that little notification button, please. Anyway, I will have all his information below. So don't worry. Again, thanks for coming on Bronson. It's thanks. always fun to talk to you and you look in for, for Bronson. I, I have a feeling he's going to be exploding here soon. So Ooh. <laughs> you hope right yeah right yeah. bye bye <laughs>